With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. How you doing? Hope you're well. Welcome to today's show. Coming up, Nick has been on TV this week. And I bashed that script out on the flight on the way over there. Got there and just went, yep, let's do it. One take Nick, that's what One they call take him. Nick, that's what they call him down at BT. <laughs> <laughs> However, it isn't as glamorous as it seems. I walked around the corner, straight into a load of dog shit. <laughs> nearly, fe- <laughs> nearly fell on my ass, And it was just like, we should have practiced this beforehand. And the man with dog shit on his shoes has got a suggestion for Gegard Masasi's next opponent. So that leaves Musasi in a kind of holding pattern. But with who? I've got a solution. Go ahead. Anderson Silva. <sighs> what? I think Musasi Anderson Silva makes sense. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Uh, welcome to episode 53 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Absolute pleasure once again to be in your company. Thank you very much for downloading. If you don't subscribe, please do so. We're here every week, three shows a week, one from the UFC, two from the World of Boxing. If you're a fight fan, come and be a fight disciple. Come and join our movement. We're also available on social media as well, at Fight Disciples, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And if you like to actually look at us, then maybe you can do a little bit of scouting on BT Sport because one of us is too pretty for just being in your ears. (laughs) That's right, man. One of us is ultra-talented. Ultra talented. Now, you might have been watching the breakdown shows for UFC Belfast last week, getting all excited. Listen to Dan Hardy, who, by the way, gives some unbelievable insight on awesome, how to go what, about winning what fights. An, what an analyst, man. Dan is he's ridiculous. Business. He is he's, ridiculous. He's a monster. You know, he watches so much tape. It's unbelievable. But I'll tell you what, he, he just calls stuff. He calls stuff so accurately. And then when you watch the fight, you're like, my God, Dan, ha- Dan Hardy absolutely nailed it. It was, uh, yeah, man, I enjoyed that show at the weekend. But look at you jumping back, on it now, look at you. Let's, let's just, just come back, don't come breathe, back to me. Don't, yeah, exactly, don't come breeze over me. it. Dan Hardy's Whoop. analysis was brilliant, but pretty boy here, right? I'll tell you something, not only does he sit on the couch giving it the big and with the boys as they break down UFC Belfast, they've given him um, a, a oh, lovely yeah. little piece to do up in Belfast. Yeah. on uh, Dublin, Dublin it was. With you were in, with was Siri. in Dublin with Siri, yeah, yeah. So you were up in Dublin with Siri. But it wasn't one of them where you just turn up and go to the gym and just sit there and chat. There was elements of that in there. There was some serious walking and talking to camera pieces, yeah? (laughs) Now, anybody that works in this world that we work in knows that that's quite difficult to do because there's no no teleprompter, there's no auto cue, there's none of that. It's all in his head, man. He's got to give it, and you've got to look right. You've got to, you've got to do, get your angles right. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, was it? It was all right. Fuck to, me, to man. Think that, to think that I, I, wrote, I scripted that as well. I wrote it on the flight over to Dublin because I was that busy getting the magazine out. Obviously, of my day job, I'm an editor of Fighters Only magazine, the biggest mixed martial arts magazine in the world. So that was my day job. So I just I fl- flitted over to Dublin, done that, you know, done the UFC, BT Sport, bit of a favour. That's what I'm all about. And I bashed that script out on the flight on the way over there. Got there and just went, yep, let's do it. 
One Take Nick, that's what One Take Nick, that's what they call him down at BT. <laughs> but it was funny, man. We, we got there and obviously I met the crew and stuff and and, and this and they, they'd, they'd scoped the area the day before. Yeah. Find these typical Dublin Earthy. streets. Earthy you know, real, Dublin streets. Real yeah. Dublin streets, like the real people. And uh, we started filming at like, I think it was probably about half past three. And we had we had to like six o'clock to get it done or whatever it was. So all the kids are coming home from school. Yeah. And mums and dads and obviously people coming home from work. Giving you shit. So off camera, <laughs> I've just got all these kids giving me shit, fucking throwing stuff over. Who's that, about, Who's that? So, Who's yeah, that? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> hey, what are you filming for then? Are you, who's he? Who's he famous? All that kind of capey, like, oh. But the... the the uh, outtakes. I need to try and get hold of the outtakes. Now the outtakes are spectacular. One of do you know the, the that little moment where I walk around a corner like past the fence? Yeah, and I'm like talking Neil Siri, you know where? Please record, tell me you walked into the fence. No, no, even better. I walk around the corner straight into a load of dog shit. <laughs> nearly fell, <laughs> nearly fell on my ass, and it was just like we should have practiced this before. And the time was against us. It was like the, the crew. Were so in the rest. Bits. Hang on. The rest of that vid, you had dog shit on. Your shoes the well, rest the, of the vid i had to scrape the bottom of the <laughs> shoe off yeah but that that so that the one that we used i was actually sporting some some dog uh, paraphernalia on my shoes at that point yeah <laughs> still pulled it off though mate didn't yeah, I? You did. still pulled it off if you've not seen it and you want to see him do his thing it's on our facebook go to facebook we've done yeah. a bit of a share from you from the ufc official page go and have a bit of a nosy at it at fight disciples on facebook to see this lad with his quaffed beard standing That's in dog it. shit. Go and get a get, go and get Walking and it. talking. To, it's not easy. No, it's, it's not easy, it's that walking one. and talking business. Listen, the whole point of that video was to um, celebrate Siri, oh, who was supposed to be in action at the weekend. Yeah. His Man. last ever fight. That was the whole point of it. Absolutely. That, but this is, this is really weird, right? Because McCall, who he was supposed to be fighting, what's his crack this year? He's had, a, what is it now, three on the spin? That's three. Three fights back to back this year have been cancelled in fight within, week. within like forty eight hours of the fight. It's just insane. The guy is just having absolutely no luck whatsoever. Ian McCall, it's insane what's been going we, on. We must confirm that this. I think out, I'm right in saying out of the three that have been cancelled forty eight hours within the fight, um, this is the first time that it's his fault. Yes, he, he, he pulled out because he was ill this time. Yeah, so he was fighting Justin Scoggins in July at UFC two hundred one, and Scoggins pulled out. I think it was 36 hours before the fight. He he was struggling to make weight. He couldn't make the weight limit. Uh, so that fight got scrapped. And he went, right, okay, we'll put you straight in with Ray Borg in September. UFC 203, another yeah. big event. Gets, gets on that fight. Within a week, within a within a week of the fight happening, Ray Borg pulls out sick. They couldn't find the, su- the suitable opponent to get in time. So then he fights Neil Seary and he's like, right, I'm going to fight Neil Seary in, in Belfast because Neil Seary's going to have his last ever fight there. Those Irish guys are tough as anything. I know he's not going to pull out. I am definitely going to get a fight in before the end of the year. And Neil Seary's like, yeah, man, I couldn't think of anything better than my last ever UFC fight to fight a guy that's actually ranked in the top five in the world at flyweight. Yep. So obviously I goes over there and meets Neil. I said, listen, you beat this guy. You, you could be number five in the world. You could get a world title. I'm not interested. I just want my last ever fight here. He's got two young boys that he's, you know, he doesn't want to miss out on their life and all this kind of stuff. I'm going to, this is perfect. I'm going to finish in Belfast. Careers, what a perfect way to end my career. And then McCall goes and gets sick the week of the fight. But he'd weighed in. Yeah, no, they had. Yeah. And, and he was he was, was too sick to fight. Yeah. Oh, I was heartbroken. Heartbroken for Neil. But obviously you, you're gutted for Ian McCall as well. It's like, when is this guy going to catch a break? But they're going to do it again. Apparently, Siri has said, listen, I, I want... Because, you know, 
both Sealy would have got paid for 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 Saturday night. Well, this is it. This is he'd the got his wages. He got he got his fight wages. He wouldn't have got obviously. He hasn't got his win bonus, but he'd have got his basic wage. But he's just done a an eight to ten week camp there. You know, he's he's got it in his lungs to fight again. So I'm hoping. I know he said I'll fight Ian McCall whenever. I just want the fight to happen. Obviously, he doesn't want to waste that entire fight camp. It'd be great if they could kind of put those two guys back together before the end of the year. I know clock's ticking a little bit now, but I think McCall needs it. Siri deserves it, and uh, hopefully it'll happen soon. Well, Siri put out a tweet regarding payment, right? Yeah. Um, Siri put out a tweet when the fight was off that he wasn't getting paid. No, surely not. No, no, seriously. And it was all to do with Reebok? I don't know how this all works. I thought that the UFC would have paid him, like you say, his, his fight thing, but Reebok were not paying him. Maybe it's an endorsement fee. It's, I don't know. It'll be that, yeah. So what? It, obviously, there's there's three there's three ways to get paid when you fight in the UFC. There's your UFC appearance wage. Yeah. Then nine times out of ten, for most guys, you can double that by winning. So let's say, series yeah, you, you get your fifty grand uh, bonus. For Ex- performance of the night. Exactly. No, no, that's, I'm talking about your wages. So basically most guys, I'm not talking about Conor McGregor's and stuff, but most guys who fight in the UFC, yeah, they, they will um, they will fight in, uh, they will get a set wage. So they, they will say like, you know, so for instance, I'm having a quick look here. Series last fight in America uh, was UFC 189, the Conor McGregor, Chad Mendes thing. Uh, series fought on that bill. Now, series... Let's have a little look. So, Siri's wages for that bill were $10,000. Now, if he'd have won that fight, he'd have got $20,000. So, I wouldn't be, I would, I would hazard a guess that his fight against Ian McCall, his wages were probably about 10, 12 grand. Yeah. Going off that, going off that, that previous earnings. So, if he'd have beat Ian McCall, he'd have won, say, 20 or 24, you know, whatever it was. Then, of course, he's in the pool to win a performance bonus as well, which is a potential 50 grand on top. Yeah. But then Reebok pay how many fights you've had. So he's had a few fights in the UFC. So basically how it works with Reebok is if you have zero to five fights, they'll pay you like three grand to wear Reebok gear. You've got to wear the Reebok gear. You've, there's no two ways about it. If during yeah. fight week... And the, the these are all the arguments that we've had down yes. the years with people like Vito Belfort who complain about that because saying he wants that, to get his... losing money on sponsorship. Yeah, he now. wants to get his That's own sponsorship. What I mean. yeah. So what Siri's saying is he's not, got, he's not getting his Reebok money because Reebok have said, well, you're not, you're not fighting in the ring, so we're not paying you your Reebok money. So he's missed out on his performance, potential performance bonus. Yeah. He's missed out on his double your money if you win. Yeah. He's missed out on his Reebok money. So all he's basically got is his 10, his 10 grand appearance money. The UFC will have paid him his 10 grand appearance money because it was so close to the fight. Not, not his problem. But I think it's a bit shitty that he's been walking around Belfast all week in his Reebok tracksuit, ready to fight that Reebok go, oh, we're not giving you your X amount of money off us for winning the Reebok year. It's a bit naughty, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm just reading up on it now. Originally, because there looks like there has been a development, uh, a Reebok uh, rep called his coach... Um, Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. BJJ Northside on Twitter yeah. uh, and told to explain that Reebok doesn't decide who gets paid and how much. But a couple of moments ago, Neil himself has put out a tweet that has said, thanks to Reebok and the UFC for my payment. Just a misunderstanding. I'm going to donate a 1,000 euros, because he's in Ireland, obviously, uh, to a charity, Rory's Wish to Walk. So there you go, cleared up. But I think I think they didn't pay him, and they've, they've bolted and sorted him out. And that in itself says everything that you need to know about Neil Two-Tap Siri. After all this, all this mess, the disappointment of missing out on his fight in Belfast, supposed to be his last fight, 
might not be his last fight, but it's supposed to be his last fight. And all this shenanigans regarding getting paid and stuff, he still finds time. So when he does get paid and Reebok come through to donate a thousand euros of that to someone that needs it even more than himself. So fair play to him. And fingers crossed, fingers crossed, it isn't going to be his last fight. He's he's making signs that he definitely wants, he, he still wants to have one more fight. Hopefully it is going to be Ian McCall. And you know what, if, if McCall was just sick, which we're led to believe it was just an illness, a bug yep. or whatever... They could bang, do it for London, couldn't they? Bang that on the card. Well, they, why wait? Bang it on the card before the end of the year. I would hate. I would hate Toronto? to say to Siri, let's do it in London. You know, in March next year, when he's got to now go and do a whole new fight camp and everything else. Yeah. Hopefully, they can just jam it in before the end of the year. There's some decent cards coming up. Toronto, so Sacramento. You've yeah, got exactly. one at the end of the year. Yeah. Sacramento could be ideal. Perfect. Uriah Faber's last fight. You know, it's a fight night card. It's not not a pay per view card, but it's a bit. It's a decent card and stuff. Why not bang them on there? Well, let's talk about my boy then. Um, Seeing as that uh, Gegard was in action at the weekend, I said on last week's show that the first one was a fluke. Your boy, Dan Hardy, brilliant analysis on how that that kick happened. He was anticipating... Uh, yeah. the the big one, so he ducked under it and he ended up going a little bit long, getting one right in the forehead and ended up getting knocked out. Masasi, he righted that wrong in emphatic style at the weekend yeah. um, by getting a first-round TKO against uh, uh, Uriah Hall. Masasi, man, come on. What's he got to do now to get in that <laughs> get in that octagon with Michael Bispin? What has he got to do? I think he's going to have to win one more fight. Do you think? Yeah, I genuinely do, yeah. Obviously, Bispin... We're being led to believe Bispin revealed this week that he has agreed to fight Romero. Has it? Yeah. But the Romero fight, the UFC wanted it to happen at the end of January, I think it was. So it was like UFC 207 or something. Yeah. Uh, and Bispin said no. Bispin said, you know, I've got I've got plans over Christmas. But I'm a little bit beat up as well. I, I need to let my body relax a bit. I've got family coming over to to America for Christmas and blah blah. Basically, he wants to enjoy. Yeah, his of course, Christmas and rightfully so, man. He's had a great year, so exactly, why not? Absolutely. Why not? So uh, he, he's he's pushed it back till spring. So what's that? Two or nine? So it, well, it could be two or nine, two ten potentially. I think two or nine is that new is that New York is that the the uh, the return to New York. I'm I, sure it is. I thought two or nine was the one uh, in California where Nate Diaz is from. Hence it being two or nine and where the post yeah, is. No, that, that that was just us. The UFC never listened to us. That was just <laughs> us speculating, saying you should take two or nine. Yeah, but did they not to, to California? Did they not listen to, to Sacra- us? Well, ap- apparently not. Oh, They've I'm only sure. gone and done two or nine in uh, back in New York. Yeah, so it, it's I'm sure two or nines in New York That'd could be potentially nice. be it. Could yeah. potentially be that card, but. You know, at the end of the day, it's been pushed back till spring, so that leaves Musasi and Co. So who then? Who for Musasi? So if Bis- if Bisping's fighting Romero, yeah, then are you saying that maybe something on the same card? Well, I would. Yes, I would love to see him on the undercard. I, I tweeted at the weekend and I was like, you know... I get, know what you tweeted and I reckon, that you, I reckon it could happen what you tweeted. Go well, on. I, I was getting all excited and I was like, you know what? If Musassi's not... If Romero's going to get the next shot at Bispin, I want to see Musassi fight Rockhold. I think that's a great fight. And I think undeniably then, you can't kind of go, well, neither of these guys deserves a title shot because that's a sensational final eliminator. But then subsequently I was... I thought, wait a minute, I've, I've, I've taken Jacare right out of the <laughs> equation there. And poor Jacare's done fuck all wrong, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I've yeah. just kind of eliminated him. And I think Jacare Rockhold has got more chance of happening next. Mm. So it wouldn't surprise me if Jacare Rock, because don't forget, they were supposed to be fighting this weekend in, in Melbourne. Melbourne yeah. That was supposed to be the headliner. So we're just waiting for that to be rescheduled at the moment. I don't see any reason why that should be torn apart unless one of those guys got long-term injury. 
So that leaves Musasi in a kind of holding pattern. But with who? I've got a solution. Go ahead. Anderson Silva. <sighs> what? I think Musasi Anderson Silva makes sense. Why? Because Anderson Silva is still Anderson Silva. He's still the name. And I think the UFC need to keep Musasi busy. They need to show He's just Anderson. beat up Vitor Belfort and he's got his revenge on Uriah Hall, man. I know, but they need to show Anderson some love still because Anderson was so dominant for so long. And okay, you know, hand on heart, yes, he's finished. And I think Musasi finishes him. But Anderson Silva was so pioneering for the UFC. He was so dominant for so long, as I say. He needs to still be in the mix a little bit. He can't just be thrown away. He can't just be thrown away to a to a Robert Whittaker or you know one of these up and coming super hungry guys where mm. where, where you're not going to get him motivated. Musasi's had an incredibly long career. He's fought all over the world. He fought in you know in Dream and Japan and you know he's a name. He's a true name. And he's beating big names. Exactly. He's just be. Vitor, he's just obviously he's got his revenge over Uriah Hall. I think that's a name that they can Beating sell. Dan Henderson. It's a name that they can sell for Anderson Silva. It wouldn't surprise me if they went Bisping Romero, Rockhold, uh, obviously Jacare, yeah, and Musasi Anderson Silva potentially all on the same bill, potentially Fuck even off. in Brazil as well. Oh, Amazing would that be? That would man. be sick. See, this is why they should listen to us, yeah? yeah they, we we, we could do the matchmaking. It's not hard. It's not hard. <laughs> <laughs> Just go, that guy against that guy. Let's go for it. But uh, no, uh, listen, I thought Musasi was mustard. Yeah, he was. Mustard. We, we called it last week, didn't we? We called it last week. We said, Lightning ain't going to strike twice. Musasi's going to smash this kid up, the form that he's in. And he was so controlled. He was so. He, he, it was like the veto. It was like the veto fight never ended. He just continued from that. He was. He, he give Hall enough space. Hall threw a couple of them round kicks and stuff. Yeah. Musasi didn't even blink. He just leant back, let the kick whistle past his face. Metrics, metrics, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Don't bother me, son. That, that that's keep that shit. That that doesn't bother me. That was what he was saying to Uriah Hall. Intimidate. Go on, throw it. I ain't bothered. You ain't gonna touch me with it. And then bang, 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 bang. I thought the finish. Again, you know, credit to Musasi. Musasi's on a on a hot streak. Twenty seventeen, I think by the end of twenty seventeen, he's right in line for a title shot. If not the UFC middleweight champion, for me, he's the form middleweight out there. Don't get me wrong. I know Bispin is has been the man this year. Absolutely the man. We love Mike, but Musasi is the form middleweight. Make no mistake, he looks like a machine. And it was a big performance against Hall. He had to get that done. But let's just take one second to talk about Uriah Hall. And we did touch about this last week. The guy's an enigma. What is this guy? You know, on his day, he is the new Anderson Silva. On his day, when he can land this stuff, he looks amazing. Them spinning kicks and everything else. Mm. Look at him, he's massive. He's a massive middleweight. And you just think, wow, if you wanted it, you could be something so special. If you, if, he just doesn't seem to. Well, as soon as Musasi, as soon as that hit the fight hit the floor, he just quit, didn't he? Yeah, he just kind to of be quit. Fair, did. I, mean, they, I, mean, I know they, Musasi had him in a brilliant position. He had his, he had control of his left wrist, and he had it pinned down behind him, and he was basically face floor on the floor. A lot of people were saying it was a premature stoppage by the by the referee. No, it wasn't. It, it wasn't, wasn't getting, premature it wasn't because from it. 
Hall couldn't get up. He had Musashi's weight on his back. He had his left arm pinned up against the fence and behind him, like round by his backside, stuck against the floor. And he had just his right arm to keep his face off the canvas. He didn't have another. He hasn't got three arms. He didn't have another arm to stop Musashi punching him in the face. Mm. So it was inevitable what was going to happen. Musashi would have eventually caught him clean on the chin and knocked him spark out of those. It was a great decision by the referee to stop that fight. It was a stop. It needed to be a stoppage. But as soon as he went down, Horse just seemed to quit. He just didn't, he, he just doesn't seem to have any fight in him. You know what I mean? It's just like that was what was disappointing. It was like you get you've been spoken of so highly in your career, built up so much when you're on the Ultimate Fighter and everything else, and his background. And it's just like when are we gonna? When is the real Uriah Hall gonna stand up, or is this all it is? You know, if someone takes it to you, you're gonna lose. If someone stands off and lets you unload these flashy stuff, you're gonna you're gonna it's like a highlight real fighter that's never gonna become a champion. Mm. He's gonna end his career and we're gonna go, wow, man, how cool was the some of the stuff he could do? Yeah, yeah, but he didn't have the balls for it. Good like on that, YouTube. Good exactly, on YouTube fighter, yeah. yeah. Like a YouTube fighter. That's that's where Uriah Hall is for me now. That's where he's like he's gotta he's gotta work out where his future lies. You know what I mean? What mm. what, what he's where he does going forward because he's he's, he's running the risk he, after a performance like that. It's like we, he's just fell right out of it again. So where does he go now against another middleweight? We don't. It, 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 I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird situation for Uriah Hall right now. I don't know what's what's going to happen with him next. But Musashi, man, there's only one thing happening with him, and that's his career and towards one more win in the title shot. One guy that's definitely got a bit of fight about him, especially after getting dropped. Artem Lobov. You've got to you've got to take your hat off to the fellow. Great yeah. performance because Teruto. Uh, Ishihara, he, he he chinned him and he survived. Fair play, man. And then he came back and he did the business in that particular fight. And it was good to see Conor McGregor supporting his boy that has helped him through uh, various camps as well. Hurdling the octagon at the end in his suit. Yeah. In his 5000 probably doing it a misjustice there, $5,000 suit. As definitely a <laughs> misjustice. Yeah. But good to see, man. I mean, that was great to see. For the Irish fans to see the champ champ ringside supporting his mate, playing that teammate role, I think that is... That is the epitome of what mixed martial arts is at this moment in time. It is a team thing. You know what yeah. I mean? There's a lot of respect. There's a lot of love for each other in there. Yeah. And I think mate... people don't appreciate that about Connor as well. Yeah, I, th- I think so. They only see the Rolls Royces. Yeah. They only see the lifestyle. They only see the trash talking and the swag in the ring and the billion, the billionaires walk and all that stuff. That's people need to realise that Connor graphs. He, he is an absolute grafter. He spends a lot of hours in the gym with Artem. With the rest, listen. It was only three or four years ago. Those guys were all on the dole. They all had nothing. Yeah, they didn't have a pot to piss in. Okay, Connor's now fast on his way to becoming a multi multi millionaire, but he ain't gonna forget his roots. You know, he ain't gonna give up on the likes of Artem. He knows has helped him get there. And you know what? Credit to Artem Lobov as well. You know, because his career two or three years ago as well. Where was he going? His career's, you know, his records thirteen and twelve, which is the great thing about. This is why we love UFC, love MMA. Records are for DJs. You know, as I said on me walking and talking a bit with Neil Seary, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what your record is if you can do it in the octagon when the lights are shining, when the when the cameras are turned on. That's all that matters. And I think Artem has taken that from Connor. A lot of what Artem was doing at the weekend reminded me of Connor. He's he's a million miles away from being Connor, but his mannerisms and everything else. And I think his confidence. What he gets from training with Connor every day, that's what got him up off the floor when Ishihara dropped him. That's what got him up because he knows he's been it. He gets it on the chin by Connor in sparring every <laughs> yeah, day. Fair play. So he can take a <laughs> shot from Ishihara. Listen, Ishi- I, I thought Ishihara, when, when I seen that fight made, I thought, wow, 
the Irish fans are going to love it because Lobov's basically like a, an Irishman now. He's he's been basically there for yeah. so long, and obviously he's from Connor's camp, so they love him. But I thought that's a bad fight for them because I like Ishihara. Ishihara's a future superstar. Make no mistake. You know Ishihara's from the the Team Alpha Male camp in Sacramento. He's one of the next generation of fighters coming through there. I really like the kid, but. Artem Teo, he would, I don't know a featherweight on the planet that would have beat Artem on Saturday night. He just seemed to be energised, didn't he? The, the crowd just fired him up so much. He looked great. That's the best we've seen him and good on him. What did you make of Ross? Uh, I, knew we had, I knew it was inevitable. We, we, had, to talk, to we had to talk about him, man, because yeah. he's, obviously he's been on here. He's a good guy. We love yeah. him to pieces. It's yeah. been a disastrous 2016, man. And at the weekend, he needed it. That Battle of Britain in Belfast against Stevie Ray, he needed it. And it just, it just never, he, 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 to be fair, I thought Stevie Ray was really good. Maybe he didn't let him. Maybe he didn't let him. Mm. Maybe that's how it should have been. But I was looking at it maybe from a biased eyes where I'm thinking, come on, Ross. When they, when they said it was a split, I thought, oh, no. Don't don't rob Stevie Ray here. Don't do it. You know, because I thought Stevie won the fight. Yeah. I thought he won two rounds to one. Uh Gutted for Ross. I know Ross. You know I know Ross. He's a mate of mine. You know, I, I've spent a lot of time with Ross, uh, travelling, covering UFC events. You know, he's, I, I've become quite familiar with him and uh, I know him well. And uh, I know how hard he works. I know how much he wants it as well. And I know he much, how much, you know, just a couple of years ago he was talking about UFC having a title shot and everything else. But this year has just been a, a disaster. There's no two ways about it. It's been a disaster. You know, he's gone four and one this year. Five fights in a year is pretty much unheard of in the UFC, as we know. You're lucky mm. if you get three fights. Very lucky. So have five fights in a year is brilliant. But when you're losing four of them, it can't be good. It can't be good on your career. You're not showing signs, especially when you're fighting guy. You know, for a long time, Ross has been the best UK lightweight fighter, you know, around that way, the lighter weight fight. He, he, since he won the Ultimate Fighter, it was like Ross Pearson updated everybody else in the UK down here, and it stayed like that for a, for a good few years. Well, it's not like that no more. Not like that no more. And mm. you you show me a light, a British lightweight in the way anywhere fighting anywhere that doesn't want to fight Ross Pearson next. There's a lot. Do, do, you couldn't you couldn't find one a couple of months ago. Now, for formal order, huge. Everybody will be wanting to fight Ross Pearson now because. He just didn't, you know, credit to Stevie Ray, you, you touched on it then, we've got to give credit to Stevie Ray, biggest win of his career, you know, he, he, he outfought Ross, he outwanted it, you know, he wanted it more, sorry, and uh, his work rate was higher than Ross Pearson, but that was, that's Ross Pearson's bread and butter, his work rate, his power shots, bringing you on to his boxing, his big shots, for too often he just seemed to plod after Stevie Ray. He wasn't cutting down the angles, he wasn't unloading, he wasn't he wasn't aggressive enough, mm. This is, you know, and... I think you know, as two guys who've had daughters this year, maybe Ross, that's what it is. Yeah, Ross has had a baby daughter this year. Maybe it's mellowed him. Maybe I don't know about you. It's it kind of made me a more angry man <laughs> because I'm I'm preparing myself for the, the day that Olivia is a teenager and some spotty spotty little. F- go on, go on, let it out, son. Go on, he's only thirteen. Let it out. Go on. Knocks on the door and asks, her, asks, her, asks if she's in. And then we'll see some proper bad boy scene stuff go down at my house, let me tell you. So it's made me a more angry man. I'm like, I'm going to get super defensive over this young lady. With Ross, it seems to have, done, it seems to have mellowed him out. He seems to have become a real a nicer guy. He's, that predatory yeah, instinct but that, that seems sometimes to have happens when people have kids. That's what, that's what sometimes happens, doesn't it? It gives them a different perspective on the world. Maybe that's where he's at. That killer instinct might... I know, but he's a pro fighter. 
he's got a yeah fair enough you know is he makes a living fighting people punching people in the face and he seems to have, he seems to not be enjoying that as much as he used to he he, he was always a, he was always a finisher, Ross. He always liked to go for the finish. He always prided himself that he had. He was a big puncher. It was all came back to his boxing, but he was he was dynamic. He was aggressive. He mixed head punches, kicks, his takedowns. You know, he moved to America. Really worked on his wrestling and everything else. Yeah, Stevie Stevie Ray was allowed to fight the perfect fight. Ross didn't seem to get in his face and upset him, and you know, it it just seemed to. He just seemed to hand it to Stevie Ray, and that was a little bit disappointing because that's not what Ross Pearson's all about. So I'm heartbroken for him. I haven't spoken to Ross after the event. You know, I haven't spoken to him. I haven't. I should probably message him and you know and and wish him all the best. But this has been a tough year for him, and I don't know. I don't know what happens in 2017. I don't know what happens. You know, that lightweight division in the UFC is stacked. They are not short on talent in that lightweight division. I just I can only hope that Ross has been such an incredible servant for the UFC. That they do give him an opportunity to, you know what he needs? He needs six months away. Mm. He needs six. I was going to ask you that. Dad. Does he need a bit just, of time off? Yeah, just to... take some time away, man. Hopefully, his his contract's going to be there. Take some time away. Go and enjoy being a dad. Go and enjoy being away from it. Because five fights in a year means one thing. He hasn't been out of camp. He's been in constant fight camps. He hasn't had more than two weeks off. I guarantee it all year. Mm. And he's a new dad. Go and be a dad. Just go and enjoy it now. You've had five fights this year. You've been paid five times. Hopefully that's enough to cover your, your nappy bill for the short term. Well, as we know, it, it takes Probably not. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I just need. I just hope Ross has some time away now and then comes back to the UFC late summer, maybe autumn next year, revitalised, reborn, and we, and we get to see the best of Ross Pearson again. Before we move on, to uh, the Brazil card, obviously they were back-to-back cards. They moved to the UFC at the weekend. I just want to quickly... Doth thy cap to thyself? You know me, never, never shy on patting myself on the back. Love that. Whenever you make a prediction, look at me, look at me. Whenever he gets one wrong, you don't hear fuck all about it. <laughs> I said last week when you said to me, "What else should we be looking for in Belfast?" No one's even mentioned this kid, but I said Kevin Lee, the kid out of Las Vegas, fights out of Extreme Couture, the lightweight. He's only a baby. I think he's only like 20, 23, 24. Uh, but he, he was he was on he was in, against this Russian submission machine. Gets himself a technical uh, re naked choke submission in the second round. That Kevin Lee is going places. Watch out for that kid in the future. My tip as a rising star for 2017. As you just mentioned, there there was back to back fight yep. nights. We had we've done Belfast, and that's the one that we paid most attention to here in Europe. But if you're listening to us, I don't know, maybe over um, in Sao Paulo, maybe mm-hmm. that's where your attention is. I've only caught one fight. I'm going to be honest with you. I've only caught one fight from that. And yeah. by Jove, that's a proper British saying. I apologise if you're uh, not from uh, England. Um, Darth Bader, back in action, man. Now, I've been a fan of his for a period of time. I thought he was done. I thought that was it. I knew that this was his last fight under his current UFC contract. Yeah, yeah. But yep. he's turned up, man. He's put in a hell of a performance. Does that mean that he's going to be getting a new contract? Well, how, do, how does this work now? Well, obviously, he's gambled going into his last fight in his contract on the hope of doing exactly what he did at the weekend, producing that kind of performance. So then when he speaks to the UFC, when the UFC go, okay, so your new contract, and he goes, yep, new contract, you better add an extra zero because you've seen what I did at the week. That's what he's gambling with. For me, you know, yes, it was that performance. He absolutely destroyed Little Nog. You know, did we, did we say it was going to happen? Yes, we did. You know, Bader's very much still a contender. Little Nog is, 
an absolute veteran and a, and a you know a Brazilian icon of the sport, but he's he's certainly on his way down the hill. That's what Bader should have done. Yeah, he should have enough. beat him. But up. he hasn't been doing that recently, has he? He hasn't. No, and uh, the, you know it, it's all about timing, isn't it? At the end of the day, yeah. if that's the last fight of your contract, they're the kind of performances you need to produce. His wrestling was absolutely on point, so it should be. You know, he's a former double A, I think, division wrestler. Bader, he's he's absolutely mustard. But his ground and pound looks slick as well. He, you know, he just he just beat little Nog up, didn't he? Let's be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, and that, on the back of that knockout of uh, a little Latifi in Hamburg as well. That's the correct pronunciation. Uh, you know, he's rebuilt after the Rumble Johnson knockout. You know, this is we're seeing the best of Ryan Bader again. He's shown us that he's got a lot to offer. Has he got a lot to offer the UFC with John Jones coming back and everything else? You know, is Bader good enough to become UFC champion? Well, that that's a conversation for them to have. You know, is he a needle turner in terms of viewers or buys or anything else? I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. So he's kind of gambling on the fact that if the UFC don't come up with the right figure, you know, there's obviously a, there's another promotion out there, Bellator, doing really well at the moment. That are, that are doing great and that, spending money as well. Exactly. The, the only issue I've got with that is, let's say the UFC go right. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if you want to, you you're now in a position. I think you get. I think it's like 30 days, 60 days or something after your final fight on your contract that you can't speak to anybody. UFC have the right to speak to you first. And then after 30 days, 60 days, it's a period of time. Mm. After that period of time, if you haven't signed your next contract, you're not happy, you're then free to go and speak to other promotions and then potentially get into a bit of a bidding war, maybe in Peter UFC's interest. You know, basically, the, the, the you get a bit more control over yeah. what comes next. So... Bader will either sign in the next few weeks or it means he's waiting to see what Bellator come up with and stuff like that. How that works in terms of the UFC, you know, only time will tell. My only issue is the current Bellator light heavyweight champion is Phil Davis. Mm-hmm. Phil Davis beat Liam McGeary, the UK's only, well, prior to Bispin, he was the UK's only MMA, top-level MMA world champion. He beat Liam McGeary a couple of weeks ago, Phil Davis, to become the Bellator light heavyweight champion. Now, if I own Bellator, obviously you think Ryan Bader, top 10 ranked guy, certainly won a conversation because he comes straight in and challenges for the title. The issue there is Phil Davis and Ryan Bader fought each other in Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, That was almost two years, January 2015, so almost two years ago now. I was ringside. It was absolutely one of the worst fights I've ever seen in the octagon. It was absolutely effing awful. Awful. And to be honest, if both of them had never fought in the UFC again after that fight, I'd have been happy. As it turns out, Ryan Bader got the win. Phil Davis got cut. Phil Davis went to Bellator. That's kind of what sprung it in. I'm not surprised. It was the worst fight I've ever seen. If I was a Bellator guy, I'd kind of be looking at going, do we really want to make the second uh, Phil Davis versus Ryan Bader two? For our title fight, knowing it was the first fight was an absolute stinker, absolutely not. So I think he's got to be careful here, Ryan Bader, because he could be mess playing with fire a little bit. Because I don't know how keen Bellator would be to get him right now. Do you know what I mean? Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's a it's a strange situation. So if, it, so if it's only like a two fight deal with the UFC, you're saying take the two fight deal. I just think. Listen, at the end of the day, Ryan Bader's going to take what's best for Ryan Bader. Yeah, Whoever him. offers the most money, he's going to take that fight. At the end of the day, he beat, he beat Phil Davis anyway. So whether the fight was garbage or not, he will argue, well, I, I won. 
it was my fault the fight was awful. He, he did. He stifled the fight, whatever. So I think whatever's best for Ryan Bader is what's going to happen. I just think that when Phil Davis is the champion of the biggest rival promotion and you had a stinker with Phil Davis and you're kind of pushing the UFC and going, well, either pay me more money or I'm going to go to Bellator. You just need to be careful because I don't know, how, as I say, how keen Bellator would be on Bader, Phil Davis too. So it's a, it's a weird one. But listen, all Bader had to do was his job on Saturday night. I thought he'd done it. He'd beat up a little nog. We kind of knew it was going to happen. Uh, where we go from here, I don't know. We'll wait and see. But for me, he's not the biggest needle turner in the light heavyweight division. Certainly not. So he's playing with fire a little bit. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Speaking of shit fights. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Seamless takes us straight into this weekend's well, fight card. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not. Shit fights is harsh, man. Yeah, harsh. I'm not too enamoured with Melbourne, I'm going to be honest with you. And this is mainly because I got myself so pumped for Rocco Jacare. Yeah. That was the, that, that was where this was at. Everything was on Rocco Jacare and everything probably would have fallen into place as a lovely second fiddle. Uh, in Melbourne. However, Rocco had to pull out that fight. So that fight is off. It's not happening. That's not the top of the bill. The top of the bill is still good. I'm a fan of Robert Whittaker. I'm a, yep. fi- uh, I'm a fan of uh, Derek Brunson. Two top uh, 10 middleweights going going at it. But everything else that I look at on the card at the weekend, it's like, meh, can't, meh. I'm just not bothered about it. It's, it. It doesn't stack up for me. You're the expert in this world, mate. Does yeah. it stack up for you? Is there anything that's jumping out at you and going, it's going to be awesome? It's a it's an Aussie card. It's a heavy, heavy Aussie card, you know, and uh, I think that's obviously been reflected. Usually, when they go to Australia, we we will get like a, you know, a big meaningful fight at the top of the bill, which unfortunately, as you say, has fell off. When that fight fell off, and it was a few weeks ago now as well, when Rockhold yeah. pulled out. Um, I was Are you surprised, surprised that they didn't get Cowboy in? I was surprised they never. Well, it was prior to that happening. You see, Cowboy was yeah, but even still now, Cal- fighting. Yeah, but Cowboy's but yeah. In, he's been in camp. He's fit. Get him in. Exactly. Yeah, I think something like that would have made sense if Cowboy. You know, obviously Cowboy missed out on the opportunity to fight because of Gastelum once again failing to make weight in New York. So you're right. Why not? That would have made this a lot more interesting. You know, at the end of the day, you've got Australians in the left in in the blue corner and A and others in the in the up in the right red corner. You know. Looking down a card... It's shit. Come on, be honest with me. It's not that good. Well, Jake Matthews, I really like. You're so Jake, diplomatic. Jake Matthews is, is is super talented, young Aussie prospect. I really like him. I think he's got a massive future in the sport. He was uh, in t- Fighters Only. We tipped him as one of the prospects of 2016. As it turns out, he ran into the guy I've just been bigging up from last week's show, Kevin Lee in Belfast, who was so outstanding again. Mm. Kevin Lee defeated Jake Matthews, and that's what kind of put Kevin Lee on my radar. So I was like, wow, I really ranked Jake Matthews. So I'm expecting Jake to do something a bit special this weekend and really bounce back. But yeah, you know, Dan Kelly, Kyle Noke, you know, it's the same Australians saved up again to the Aussie fight fans. I kind of feel a little bit for the Aussie fight fans here because this is what used to happen in the UK for a long time, didn't Sodom, it? Sodom, Sodom, they got Holly Holm knocking out Ronda Rousey, mate. They've had True. their fill. True, yeah. They've they had have been, their fill. They've been Jog on. But, but to be fair, we've been spoiled like mad, haven't yeah, we? Not to, to not to take the UFC, you know, the company line here because I don't work for the UFC, but the UFC have spoiled us this year man especially in europe as well especially in europe we've been exactly we've had some amazing fights this is this fight card does feel like a little bit of a uh, a bit of a lull but uh, because of what we've had just because we've been spoiled so yeah maybe but but you know what this is the mad thing about the ufc though you know this is the mad thing don't miss this fight card or certainly record (laughs) it 
and then check your check your your feed the next day because yeah. crazy stuff happens when you least expect it. Anything to be like, fair, Robert Whittaker, Derek Brunson. That's a great be, fight. You know, yeah, that's yeah. a really a good fight. I'm yeah. a massive fan of Whittaker, New Zealand lad. He's, I think he's top class. Yeah, this could be a this could be a belter. These boys are. I, I think it top is. I think, I think that's a great fight. I really do. Both of them are on the fringes of, of knocking into that the, that middleweight. Uh, you know that that setup at the top that we've been waxing lyrical about so much. So it, that really is a great fight. The rest of it's kind of as I say, it's you know it's it's pretty evenly matched, but. It's mostly guys that are on the way up or on the way out. So it's n- there's not too much to get excited about. But Whitaker versus Brunson could be a fight of the year. So it's worth setting, your, worth setting your box just for that one. Just one thing on Cowboy Cerrone, by the way, because there will be people that are going to tweet me to say, hey, man, have you not seen his Instagram? He's injured his eye. I'm not having that. I don't know if you've seen it. I don't know if you've seen his Instagram. Go to Cowboy Saron's Instagram and tell me if you believe that that's a true eye injury. I'm going to give you some background on it, right? He's posted this picture, says that he's still going to be fighting at UFC 206, which he's scheduled to do so, and he's got his eye all closed up. He's got blood on his face and all this type of stuff. We know that Cerrone is a daredevil. He loves all the high-octane sports and all that type of stuff, and we are led to believe that he has injured himself in some way, shape, or form two weeks away from this big UFC 206 fight. Come on, man, get real. If that was real, there's no way that he would be fighting in two weeks. He says that the fight is still on. Get real. You know what he's up to at this moment in time. He's currently filming a TV Western. That is from the makeup department. Don't get sucked in. Cowboy Saron has not injured himself. He might be wanting to lead you down the garden path and say that he has injured himself. He hasn't. He's he, he's in a film. That's makeup. Go and check it out yourselves. Go to his Instagram page and then tweet me to tell me if you believe that's a real injury. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Make sure you subscribe to us via iTunes. It's very simple to follow everything. Uh, go to iTunes, check out Fight Disciples, hit the subscribe button. If you're feeling really, really generous, why not write us a lovely review? Um, away from the podcast, we do exist on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. We are at Fight Disciples. Come and join the daily conversation come and enjoy nick boasting about all the predictions that he makes that end up coming off maybe follow him to the bookies aren't i to be fair you are on a good roll at the moment moment, yeah yeah. you are on a good roll follow him to the bookies all that type of stuff Uh, we've got a lot of awesome ufc cards coming up before the end of the year in the world of in the world of boxing it kind of peters off in december you get anthony joshua and then it peters off it doesn't do that with the ufc we've got some amazing cards coming up we've got sacramento coming up uh, we've, of course, got UFC 206 coming up, 207 at the end of the year. Ronda, Ronda's return, man. New Year's Eve, Eve. It's going to be amazing. So make sure you're a part of this community, whether it be on our social media or whether it be via uh, this particular podcast. Please be a part of it on a, on a weekly basis. And if you already are, thank you so much. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.